we are back live and proud at GTI Studios. Ready and mobile, baby. Yeah, that's how we do it. We like to be on the run. That's not a sponsor unless mobile wants to hook it up with some gas because that shit is fucking expensive. I mean, yeah, for real. Hey, uh, I got a quick question for you since we've been doing the dad jokes lately. I got a quick answer for you since we've been doing the dad jokes lately. All right, so why doesn't Waldo work out? I don't know why. Because no one can spot him. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> how, how long are you sitting on that one for? I, don't, I actually drove by it. <laughs> it was on the Rainham Athletic sign. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to use that with Moses. You're, you're sad. <laughs> so, all right, we're coming back at you. We're going to finish up the tight ends. We got number five through number one. The top, baby. The top, baby, top. The, the Mount Everest, if you will. You got to climb it. The Mount Rushmore. The Mount Rushmore. Of this year's tight ends, if they, I may. They don't rush, dude. They catch passes. Well, I'm not calling them the catch more. All right. Just... All right. Well, before we get into it, before we get too carried away, let's do our quick shout outs. Let's make it quick. Huge shout out to our boy Damian Winslow over at Infected Concepts, hooking it up with the dope ass merch and the dope ass logo. Huge shout out to our boy Justin Dennis over at Slick with a Y Shades. Get that, get that promo code FG20 to get 20% off your order. It's sunny. Come on. You need them. Sunny, sunny. Sunny, sunny. Sunny side up. <laughs> All right, another shout out to our boy Andy Cosby, hooking it up with the dope ass intro music and blessing them eardrums at the end of each episode with Stay a song. Tuned. Stay tuned. We might bless you with number six. Uh, but without number six, without number further ado, let's get into our uh, excuse me, sir. favorite number two excuse me, sir. slices of pizza. You forgot our shout out to Patreon members. What the fuck you talking? I was talking about slices of pizza. Why? Devion's Pizza Palace. Oh, okay. Fucking knucklehead. I jumped you're jumping into it. My bad. Nah, I'm come on, it. man. I know I, you're excited. You I like can't I ends. can't I can't forget about Justin and Kristen being our, our only Patreon supporters. Bunch of asshole slackers. Come on, add to add to the list. It's, we're throwing out extra slices every week, okay? And it's two fat guys trying, we're trying to not waste food. Get yourself a slice. I mean, yeah, we, we do got a lot of work to do with the Patreon. It's gonna take some time, but we got it set up. Any help? Greatly appreciated. We love you guys regardless. But uh, let's jump right into tight ends. Let's do it. All right. So first off, we got a nice big butt plug. We do. Uh, plugging it up in San Francisco. Little Kittle. Little Kittle. Mr. George I. Will. Missing a little bit of time. Quite frequently. <laughs> it's it's like sporadic injuries, though. But it's those. So, like, I, well, we debate these all the time. So I can't. Like, I, I get it. There's sporadic injuries. To me, once it passed, like, three sporadic injuries, it becomes a trend. I don't care if you... I mean, we dropped Saquon in the running back rankings because he just keeps getting those weird injuries. George Kittle, because his thing is he keeps getting hurt, those weird little injuries, trying it's, to play through them and tweaking them more. Well, see, I, th I think he gets injured because of his style of play because he's, like, the Derrick Henry of fucking tight ends. Like, he doesn't want to catch it and just get the he yardage. He, he wants to catch it and just make contact. Well, I mean, he does have long, gorgeous, luscious fucking gold locks. He does. He does. Killing it with the beard, Absolutely. too. But the, the injury factor, I, I think, all, you know, talks aside, is affected by his ADP. Because, you know what I mean? He's going at the, the very earliest, a, a late second round pick. Um, but on average, dude, he's fallen to the middle of the third round, which I think is reflective of his injury history. And I think that's another reason why we have him at five instead of the top three. 
which sucks because like Kittle's a guy. If he played sixteen or seventeen games, yeah, he is top top three, easy, hands down, killing it, like raking it up. But you know, like you were saying, those injuries are now finally you know becoming a concern to the masses now because you know, everyone. I, I feel like now <clears throat> over the past few seasons. A majority of people have had the opportunity to at least at some point have Kittle on a team or two for for a little bit because someone else, you know, either faded him or gave up on him because, you know, they got him. They thought he was going to be great. He was great for two games, and then he got this freak little injury that dragged on. And well, that, three games yeah. later, they're stuck trying to plug a different tight end in. And as we've been saying, tight end is so touchdown turny that they got Jimmy Graham on his one yard, one catch, one touchdown game. I thought it was <laughs> the second coming of. Yeah, Uh, he did finish number four overall Uh, last year. He did miss weeks five through eight. Um, Like we'd said, it's it's becoming somewhat of a normal to draft Kittle and only expect like the 13 to 14 games out of him just because of his play style. You know what I mean? I I can't fault the guy for that. No, I mean, he likes the contact. And with that just comes risk. I think also with George Kittle and it's not a knock on him. I just think that partnered with their, you know, the, you know, talent, you know, at the in, within the top five now yeah. going into this year, I think it says something about that as well. That there's other players who are, e- you know, either more talented or in a better situation to produce in the top five. So I think it's kind of a little bit of both. You know what I mean? And last year he did finish the uh, number four tight end overall. Like we said, he missed a few games. Uh, he had 95 targets for 71 catches on 910 yards, which is great for a tight end. But with George Kittle, it was a down year compared to, you know, the 1,000-yard mark or even, the, like, the 1,300-yard season. We're, you know, anywhere in that range that we're starting to expect from Kittle. Um, last year, though, it did see him get six touchdowns, which was his career high. It was his personal best. And it's nice to see San Francisco starting to use him more and more as a red red zone threat instead of just someone to help move the ball down the field. The only other thing I would say brings me any kind of concern, but even then it really doesn't concern me too, too much, would be the the, the, unsure, the uncertainty at quarterback for the, long, the long-term season for Jimmy G or Trey Lance. Um, I think that, one, I think San Fran will address that relatively early opposed to wait till the season. Two, I think that when, as as I've stated, and you've you've kind of agreed with, when a, a quarterback tends to kind of get thrown into the game, you know, the, a situation, and they're young, a lot of the times a tight end, especially one as talented as George Kittle, is an amazing safety blanket, and and you're gonna design plays where hey, even if George Kittle is not the main read, if something's going on, you still have him, and a lot of the times quarterbacks panic him just because they know they got him. Boom. See, like. Quarterback is a big question mark right now in San Francisco, and we all know it's going to be the Trey Lance show. Like, Jimmy G is is not going to be on the team once he's healthy. I mean, they've already come out and told him he can finish his rehab from home. He doesn't even have to bother to show up to OTAs. They're not expecting him at minicamps. They told him he won't be fine. He can literally just stay home. And then for... So he's going to Houston. Yeah, the front office to come out and say, like, he will be traded. Like, this is going to happen. Where does he live? Uh, I don't fucking know. So he's going to Houston. I don't know where he's going. Houston, Seattle, <laughs> Carolina, and any one of those teams could seriously use him. Um, Washington. But I'm not scared for George Kittle's outcome 
with whatever they have at quarterback. Because if you remember, his breakout season came on the back of Jimmy G, um, fucking 12 other yeah, quarterbacks. quarterbacks yeah, a, everyone a new quarterback got, yeah. every game. It, it, no, and that's yeah. why I was he saying... He was doing it with the third-string quarterback. Yeah, and that's like, why I was yeah. saying it's the only thing I could possibly argue. But as we've stated, I feel like that really is nullified by the fact that he's at the tight end position. Yeah. Now, I got a question for you, though. I might have an answer. The, who do you think will finish as the top receiver on the Atlanta Falcons this year? The top receiver in Atlanta. Top, per you know, top in yardage and touchdowns. Kyle Pitts. What a coincidence, because he's our number four guy. No, he's at number three. No, he's not. There he is. No, he's not. Yep. No, I, I have Why? consensus right next to it. Why? We have Darren Waller at four. Why? Oh, that's right. We agreed. Yeah. Fuck me! I try so hard. That's why. That's this is why. List. This is what happens when I when I try. This is why I, I need to just sit back. I know. The last time I let you run point on a show was the top twelve for running backs. Yeah. And we read it from my list instead of the Be- consensus. Yeah, because it didn't save. Because you read point. <laughs> but somehow I didn't save. But all right. So next up on our list, you, you obviously already I heard us talking it. about it. Matt Matt flubbed it up. I did. I fucked it up. Yeah, he dropped the ball on that one. It's Mr. Darren Waller. I can argue. Uh, I can express why. When we get to number three, why I fucked that up. Right. But for Darren Waller. This is Mr. Darren Wallace, 29 years old. He had a late breakout in the NFL due to some personal issues, and that's what we'll leave it at. Uh, he finished last year's the tight end 17. Uh, he's fucking six foot six, 255. The guy is a monster. Oh, yeah. And you I know. think him finishing so low last year, I mean, didn't he have a couple injuries that were just... Yeah, not, he, not, not injury, but like weird, miss a little bit here and there. He only played 11 games last season. Yeah. He, yeah, he missed six games. I think between that and factoring in the fact that he became the number one like potential receiver on that team, so most defenses probably covered him early on. So it opened, it opened up opportunities for a guy like Hunter Renfro to somehow be fantasy relevant last year. Yeah. Um... See, Darren Waller finished last year, and he had a lot of season lows for, like, his personal. Um, He had 93 targets, which was a season low, 55 receptions, 665 yards, all season lows. Uh, His yards per target was 7.15, and two touchdowns, which were, again, season lows for him. He had a very down year. Um, We're used to seeing him with that yards per catch rate of, like, the 12.09, um, 11.8, uh, yeah, 11.8, 11.18, sorry guys, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, um, but with injuries and, and the little outbreak that we've seen from Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller just had, had a down year, you know what I mean, that's all you can really say about it. Well, here's my thing, <clears throat> so you said he played 11 games, correct? Mm-hmm. What was his targets again? 93 targets. He had 93 targets through 11 games. Yep. That puts him on pace. Which was a season low. It does put him on pace, but you got to think uh, the Henry Ruggs thing, I think, happened right before Waller got injured. <coughs> so Henry Ruggs was having a good season with Waller having a decent season. Hunter Renfro having a little bit of oh, a yeah. breakout. You know what I mean? No, there, there was some things going on there. What I'm saying is he was, before he, before, he got, before he got hurt, he was still on pace to have a shit ton of, of targets yeah. as a tight end. And that's something you want in, you know, in, a, you know, in a position like tight end, a guy that's going to be a high-volume player. Now, obviously, the Raiders went out and added Devontae Adams, yep. who Derek Carr is obviously going to have a great relationship with. But if I'm, if I'm being honest, I think that that affects you know, 
Hen, um, Hunter Renfro way more than Darren Wall. Oh, yeah. I think that it becomes uh, Devontae Adams, you know, the, the number one, Waller, Waller two. number two. Yeah, and because then Renfro there's, there's no way. You, you, Josh Jacobs really <clears throat> isn't a passing back. You know what I mean? No. Hunter, we had that conversation. Yeah. And Hunter Renfro, in my opinion, is going to take a very Cole Beasley-esque role yeah. in the sense of he might have a game here or there where he's like, oh, wow, that was really good. I, but for the most part, I think he's going to be a decent, just okay guy who, you know, you might start on some, you know, sit week, you know, some some rough weeks or whatever, some bye weeks. But for the most part, I think that you're going to see Devontae Adams get a ton of, you know, looks. But Darren Waller is going to continue to get a healthy amount of looks. I, I really see a bounce back this season. As you said, it was just he had, a, he had an off year. See, when, when you say bounce back and then uh, bringing in Devontae Adams, I agree with you. I don't see the volume going up. I just see, no, be- I see better production. Like when I say he went 93 for 55, I see more of him going the 93 for 75. Well, that's what I'm and saying. And instead of the 665 yards hitting that nine 900-yard mark to the 1,000-yard mark with more touchdowns. I could still see him getting the 100 to low 100s in, in targets. See, I don't because, I mean – Devontae Adams, you bring in that caliber of a receiver, much like a Tyree Kill with Jaseki, oh, yeah. these guys don't ask politely for this target share. No, they, 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 command, they command it. You know what I mean? And and Devontae Adams coming over off of 169 targets. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's you're going to take a little bit from Renfro. You're going to take a I little think, bit from Waller. You're going to take a little bit from everyone. I think it's going to be a lot more from Renfro than Waller. I think Waller is still going to command... Well, they're uh, all in the field at the same time. I understand that. But right. I still think that Waller is going to be the one that, you know, out of Renfro, is going to be looked at more, is going to be more likely for Carr to, to, to force it to. I think I think Renfro had a very good year last year. I think you're going to see a regression of him, and I think Waller's still going to command one, you know, 100 to 105, 110 max targets with that, you know, you know decent percent, you know, catch percentile and it's, I think his touchdowns are obviously going to go up because the you know, the Raiders will just be in a better position to be in the red zone and he's a as you said a monster so yeah, if you're in the red zone six, six. If, he's, if you're in the red zone you look for him Yeah, that's just football 101 but having a field stretcher like Devontae Adams I don't see how you can not I, I don't I'm not I'm not going to argue with you on it I don't see Darren Waller hitting the 100 target I, I see do. him staying in that 90, like the 90 target mark. We're very close. I just, having a caliber player of a Devontae Adams is going to command so much. Yeah. And then having already a history with Derek Carr being his college quarterback yeah. and then being almost best friends and just flying under the radar with that friendship for a long time. I mean, even 93, You're going to see Waller stay in that 90 target share mark. I, I just, I, I see the production going way up because they have a coach who is great with spreading the ball out, yeah. getting everyone fed, and is especially great with incorporating the tight end with Josh McDaniels. You know what I mean? I think it's just it, it's 93 targets to 95 targets is where I see him next year. I just see more catches, more yards, more touchdowns. You know what I mean? Because he, he is in that 12-yard 12, 12 per catch sweet spot. So just to but Derek Carr, I don't think has enough in him to feed everyone a hundred plus targets. This is my last thing I'm gonna throw at you. So just based off his numbers, 93 targets at 11 games, mm-hmm. 
he had an 8.5 target per game average. So when I added the extra... He did not have an 8.5. He had a 7.15. 11? 7.15 No, so it was like 11 games. Yep. So it was 93 93 targets. Yeah. Yeah, his average per target is different than... It, per target, you, you can't do the math that way. What? You did 93 targets. Yes. His average depth per target. No, no, no. I'm not looking at depth per target. I'm, argu- yeah. I'm arguing something completely different than the depth thing. All right. Well, I was saying, I, I, I'm, I'm saying, I was, was, was going to leave one little point before we moved on. Oh, to, I, I, no, no, to, I, all right, no, I misunderstood what you were saying. You, no, yeah, you no, that's why you just, just confused the fuck yeah, out of right, me. So you were just dividing Ooh. the targets by 11. Yeah, no, I'm simply looking at his, it by 17. I'm simply looking at how many targets he, he was expected to get last year if he played 17 games. Mm-hmm. If he played 17 games, he was on pace for 144 targets. Yeah. Which is insane. Which is unreal. For a tight end. Now, obviously, he won't hit that same. I just, I feel like 50 is a big drop-off. I feel like it'd be more in the 40 to 45 range. That's why I'm looking at 100 to, like, you know, maybe 105. 110 was frivolous. I think 110's way too much. Yeah, but I would say 100 to 105, to me, is right in his wheel helm. Wheel, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Can you look up what he averages by any chance? Well, I, uh... Averages. Like, per season. Can you pull up season stats? Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're going to take a minute. I'm just curious. We're going to do this in real time. I may cut out some time. I may cut out what I'm saying right now. Um, I don't know, though. I say leave it. So here's, here right. we go for stats right here. So his... Where's his targets? Well, well, that's receptions. Yeah. So in 2020, he had 107 receptions. And then 90, and, okay, so boom, targets. Oh, no, that's a, there we go, oh, and it's going away. So his monster season was 2020 with 145, which is fucking unreal. And then one, and 117 in 2019. Yeah, and then you see regression last year. Yeah. And he also had three years of, like, he just wasn't relevant. Yeah, well, and he also played 16 games in 2019 and 2020, so that's like yeah. what he's capable of at max strength. Yeah. So, so capable and max strength, we'll, we'll say 117 and 145. We'll bring it in the middle to what? One, one like 130-ish. You know what I mean? And then you're going to have Devontae eat into Yeah, so 90 to 100 is yeah. fair. 90 to 100 is fair. I just, I, I think, like, I like the 93 stat line. Yeah. But you know, it, but I, I, I see I just, your point yeah, because I just Derek do Carr. see much more catches, much more yards. Yeah. What was I going to say? I see your point, too, because of that Derek Carr, Devontae connection, and they finally have that ability to, again. Yeah. So I can see them having fun as kind of like a fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to number three. Hey, hey, I got a question for you. I don't have an answer because I don't like you. Okay, first off, Dad. What's up? Yeah, but I'm here. How, right. how can you call me Dad if I'm here? True, true. true. What's up? Uh, who do you think is going to finish the most passing yards and, and touchdowns on the Atlanta Falcons this year? Kyle Pitts! See, see how, how, how I brought that back? Kyle Pitts. The reason I had the reason I fuck I flubbed that one up last time was because I forgot that I agreed to put Pitts over Waller. Yep. So right. on our consensus. Kyle Pitts, the rookie sensation, the monster of a human being coming in at twenty one, which is a legal drinking age. Drinks on me, buddy. Unless he was European. Yeah. 
Uh, he's 6'6", 246 pounds. Small. Yeah. Derrick Henry outweighs you. <laughs> he's a running uh, back. As a rookie, he finished the tight end six. He had 110 uh, targets with 68 receptions for 1,026 yards and one small touchdown. Had his touchdowns matched his yardage output and what he was doing on the field, I think he would have finished top two. You know what I mean? I think he would oh, have yeah. finished right in the realm of Kelsey. You know, not beating out Kelsey and Andrews because they had fucking but stellar be, But seasons. he'd be putting up. But he'd be, you know, number three. Yeah. He'd be he right be, in that mix. He, he could have a discussion. You know what I mean? Of course he can have a fucking discussion. We talk about the yards per catch sweep mark is that 12-yard mark. This motherfucker had 15.09. 15. So, I think what, what fucked Kyle Pitts the most was just his situation imploding. It, it didn't implode. If you take everything out of context, yes, he's the rookie tight end. They were trying to work Ridley in before everything fucking blew up well, in their face. So I mean. they spent a lot of time with Ridley trying to get him back into the mix. That didn't work. Then you bring in uh, Davis. Uh, that didn't work. You see CPAT take off, so he got target shares. They tried to bring Russell Gage into the fold. That didn't work. And then you add in the fact that Matt Ryan played all last season with just some... Uh, I think it was a rotator cuff. Yeah. Rotator cuff? Something like that. Something like that. Don't hold that against he me. He had an injury. Yeah, he had an injury. He played on a bad, you know, arm. Bad and needed ice. <laughs> but j- just for context, uh, Kyle Pitts finished last year with 176.6 PPR points in his rookie season. That is higher than Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson, Schultz, Goddard, Knox, Ertz, and Gronk. In their rookie seasons. And that's, that's some pretty good fucking so company. you say, I wouldn't say imploded, and then listed an absolute just list of dumpster fire-esque yeah. shit. And, that, and I will say imploded, because from what he came into, and what it should have been, to what you know Atlanta finished as last year, was a dumpster fire comparatively. And it's by no fault of, you know, like Matt Ryan or whatever. It's, it's not one singular individual's fault. It was just a series of it was a, it was a pure lemony snicket, just a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that the league decided that, you know, the the betting thing with Calvin Ridley was is as serious. Yeah, and th- that's all I'm gonna say on that. But you know, there's just been a bunch of you know bad luck and and shit going wrong in Atlanta. I hope that you know Mariota can re- you know rejuvenate his career because he's still young and. I think it was good for him to take a step back, sit behind someone for a year and observe, or a year or two, whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm, I hope to see him come back out. We talked about it before last at last episode. Atlanta has, like, just fucking giants as receivers now. They're like, hey, you <laughs> know what? We can't like get average the best. Like we can get three, the tallest. Yeah. Their average height is, what, like 6'3"? When you tell yeah, when not counting, like, they have, like, three guys on the roster right now that are con- considered slot receivers because they're 5'9". But taking them out, the average height was like 6'3", and they had 11 guys on the roster that were like 6'3 uh, and above. Yeah. They had like three guys that were like 6'6 and 6'7, which is, should be illegal. Hey, guys, what's the game plan? Run deep. Yeah, but what about your 6'7"? Yeah, what just else? run deep and put your hands up. What I'll else are you them. trying to do? Yeah, I'll hit those fucking mitts. Yeah. Your, your hand is the size of my torso. I feel good with Mariota coming into the fold, too, because we did see that he's capable of feeding a tight end. We've seen what he did with Delaney Walker. Oh, yeah. It was nice. 
You know what I mean? I think I see nothing but upside for Kyle Pitts. And the only reason I put Pitts over Waller was was because of the uh, agreed to that was because of that fact that Pitts is going to walk into the season looking to be the number one target. Yeah. Whereas Waller's sitting behind yeah. not just you know. Uh, you know Henry Ruggs, if he was there, or Hunter Renfro, who's sitting behind Devontae fucking Adams. Yeah, one of the best receivers in the game. Hands if down. not the best receiver in the game. Well, I mean, I, athletically, there, an, I would there's say. There's an argument there for it. I would say athletically. Yeah. There's talent, too. I don't know, man. Have you seen Cooper Cup's ability to look 13 his whole life? <laughs> That's pretty talented. All right, so, all right, moving on from Kyle Pitts, Come we're gonna ju- we're going to jump into... The man who's been tight end number one overall for the majority of his fucking NFL career. I think I surprised you a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, w- I thought for sure you were going to put this man at one, and I was going to have him at two, and then we were going to settle on him being number one overall. Yeah, you, you, but, were, you were, ready to, you were yeah, ready to have a discussion. But we both, you know, agreed and put Travis Kelsey. Number two. At number two. My man is 32 years old. Which seems crazy to me. Which is, I mean, he's younger than me, but in football years, which are like dog years, he's like 107. Yeah, because it's been a rough, you know. It was a rough, career. rough year last year for him. It's been well, even just a, well. First off, I knew I said this at our draft. It was going to be a rough year for Travis Kelsey because he shaved his beard in the preseason. Yep. Did I not say that? Yeah. And because he looked like a creep without a fucking beard, he's a man that needs to have one. He does, much like myself. We do not. You look get it. Without like, beards. <laughs> so uh, once he, you know, as long as he keeps that beard and keeps the juju, now that he has a juju, and <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just so hard not to have Travis Kelsey at number one, considering the fact that he's done nothing but be the tight end one from 2016 to 2020, reigning number one overall clear cut no one yeah, could the guy to him. he's been the tight end you know what i mean and last year was his first year finishing outside the tight end one slot and, and people were drafting him with like the like receivers yeah with top receivers because he was patrick mahomes was feeding him so much and he was just so talented that he was putting up and, he was justifying yeah. it and he's he's the pillar of health when it comes to that position. Knock on wood. Like, like he, he gets small injuries. It gets banged up. He needs a breather. But he's only missed one game in 2017. Knock on wood. And one game in 2020. And one game last year. All three of those games that he missed came at the very end of the season for pure rest. Yeah, they're like, hey, Before the playoffs. Let's sit this man. Like, like, you've yeah, earned a breather. We've locked in the playoffs. Take a breath. You know what I mean? Take a breath. Take a breather. Yeah. Keep but, the sweats on yeah. today. But, dude, he's a machine, and he constantly puts up, like, 250 to 300 points every single year. And he hits at that, like, 85 to 95 reception mark every single year with two seasons cracking the 100-yard mark. I mean, he floats between 1,100 and 1,300 yards. Uh, his highest ever was in 2020 with 1,416, and his lowest coming his sophomore year with 862 in 2014 which 862 is still a fuck ton of yards for oh, a tight yeah. end you know what I mean my only real concern with Kelsey is the fact that at some point he's going to slow down and this this could be the year where he's going to be 33 in October 
and I'm not fading this man at all because he's had 8 to 11 touchdowns in each of the last five seasons, excluding one five-touchdown season. I mean, if you want to take Kelsey number one overall, I've got no beef with that at all. You know what I mean? I just don't think he's worth a first-round pick anymore. I think he's second-round pick tops. So... My concern is obviously that at that age, you know, over 30 at any point, your body could be like, hey, man, we need to, we need to sit down. Yeah. But it's, for me, a bigger concern is, is uh, the fact that he no longer has the commanding presence of a Tyreek Hill He's going to be uh, with facing him. more coverage. Now, I'm, it's not that I'm shitting on Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's a, a very good receiver. We talked about him already. I advocated for him already. To me, it's like you said, there's going to be more coverage. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be. You know, defenses aren't gonna have aren't gonna have to respect Juju the same yeah. way they respected Tyreek. You're not gonna so have going, to game plan for Tyreek yeah. and Kelsey. And, yeah. Now you can pretty much just game plan for, for Kelsey. Kelsey and Juju yeah, instead and of Tyreek. Figure everyone else. Yep. Figure out who's the hot hand later. Yeah, Kelsey's no longer your second you know consideration I mean? yeah. on defense. If you're on defense, you scheme for Kelsey and you plan for Juju. Yeah, yeah, you got to worry about Juju, MVS. Uh, Miko Hardman and Sky Moore. You can worry about those guys after, after you shut, you shut down, down Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to do that once you shut down Kelsey and move on. Yeah, whereas before it was shut down Tyreek, hope to stop Kelsey the best you can, and then see what happens. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what that you know where that where that goes. I'll talk about my second reason when we cover the next guy. All right. And before we get into number one, we're going to give you a quick word from us about our sponsors. Welcome back, FGT Nation. Welcome back. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's crank out number one right now. Uh, if you guessed it, then props to you. But if you didn't, it's uh, it's Mark Andrews, which was a surprise to me from uh, when I wrote this list from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, my man is twenty six. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifty six pounds. He uh, he's, uh, he's decent sized. Yeah, he finished as the tight end number one overall. By a fucking landslide. Um, Straight he, up Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. He had 154 unreal targets uh, coming from not only Lamar Jackson, but also Brent Huntley. Um, he turned that 150 target mark into 107 receptions for 1,361 yards and nine touchdowns. Nine. Jesus Christ. My man's yards per target were 8.84. Uh, he he caught every one of those for an astounding yards per catch of 12.72. Uh, he nearly doubled his production from 168.1 points and a tight end six finish to 301 points and the number one overall finish. So that's kind of something that like I, I ended up looking more into because... Even last year, I completely faded Mark Andrews because he was just someone that wasn't really, you know, exciting to me. But last year, Mark Andrews had kind of, in my opinion, the tight end equivalent of a Cooper Cup jump in his season and his, and his production. Yeah, he went from in twenty. So I'm going to read you up from 20, 2018, 19, and twenty twenty. It goes fifty targets, ninety eight targets, and eighty eight targets. Ninety eight and eighty eight is great for a tight end. That, that puts you in a very comfortable number to be in the top five. So to match what you just said, I'm going to read you his tight end finishes from those same years all the way up until last year. He finished as the tight end 17 overall, 
And then he took a massive leap and he finished as the tight end five, the tight end six, and then the tight end number one. So he's shown that with his age and even people's projection of Lamar being a subpar quarterback for the passing game, he's shown constant uptick in production going into last year. I mean, he's only 26. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that 17th finish was his rookie year. But outside of that, he's finished top six every year. Uh, they had a crippled running back core as well as a Rashad Bateman who came in and then immediately went out for the season. And like, and for me, I, I, I always thought that Mark Andrews was older than he was. I don't know why. I think it's because he looks like he's just been 33 his whole life. Um, but for me, it was just the, you know, again, like you said, he was top, you know, top six, you know, after, after his rookie season. But to me, he was just a guy I kind of felt, I kind of felt like him kind of like with you and Jacecki, just it, it didn't stick for me. Yeah. And then he came in last season, 153 targets, 107 receptions, and, you, you know, you said the rest. But to me, to have that jump in productivity and that jump in – and not only that, but the target share. It wasn't just that he did more, you know, more, opportunities. More it, yeah. He was given substantially more opportunity. And now the their main receiving target, Hollywood Browns on Arizona. Yeah, he's gone. You so, know what I mean? So, I mean, I could see Rashad Bateman eating into that that target share a little bit, but I don't see him eating in much with Hollywood being a vacated target share as well. Um, one main thing that I like to look at for tight ends to help project a breakout tight end like we had talked about, I, I project Irv Smith as a breakout tight end. Yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews' rookie uh, yards, per, uh, yards per catch was an astounding 16.24 which screams breakout. You know what I mean? That was his rookie season. Last year, he kind of fell right into the median of his yards per catch with the 12.72. And the year uh, 2020, which was his lowest, was uh, 12.09, which is still, like I said, right in that sweet spot of the 12-plus yards per catch. Um, I just see so much potential with Mark Andrews. And with Travis Kelsey being, you know, going on 33 and the potential of the fall off and the slowdown that comes with that age and Mark Andrews still being so young and showing his breakout capabilities, I see nothing but upside. I, I see Mark Andrews as the new threat year in and year out as the tight end one overall. Oh, absolutely. And to me, it's, you know, the same situation we described for Kyle Pitts where he's, you know, looked at to be the, the number one target. Same, same situation for Mark Andrews. He's looked at right now to be the number one target share you know, as far as you know, a receiving option on that offense. I think with a guy like Lamar Jackson who tends to scramble, I think you'll see a lot more you know, comfort with that tight end because he's going to be kind of bouncing around the line more. I think you'll see defenses scheme to try to blitz him, and, and, and you'll need to see him get, get rid of it quicker, which typically is either the, the tight end or running back. I think it'll be more like Mark Andrews. I think just what you said – I think this is him stepping in. Again, I thought he was older until literally this year. I thought he was yeah. in his 30s. Now that I know he's 26, I firmly believe that this is Mark Andrews stepping into his own as this, you know, probably the next few seasons, ideally to come, the number one guy for tight end. I think the reason why you may have felt like he was an older tight end in the same category as Travis Kelsey is because most tight ends take two to three years to break out. Yeah. And he only took one. Yeah. So we've got, you know, three years of top six production from him. 
And those three years, you typically see tacked on to a tight end who's already 24, 25. Yeah, maybe which, 26. Which would make you feel like he's 29, 30, 31. But he's not. He's 26. Um, I think last year was his fifth year option, or this year is his fifth year option. I'm not sure. 100% on the contracts, but my man's going to get paid. Uh, if he already has Yeah, him. he's the number one overall target in Baltimore. Rashard Bateman, I think, is the number two. And then you fall into the J.K. Dobbins, Gus Gus Edwards category of, like, what you can yeah. do for dump offs. There are 14 other backs. running backs they got. Yeah, you know what I mean? They, they went out and picked up Davis, which is... I fucking hate real life. Good move. He's a big. He's a big solid. But it does nothing but take, but take potential touches away. But all he's going to do is cause a headache in fantasy world. See, I think I think he becomes irrelevant. I think he's I think he's purely insurance in case they run into a situation like last year. Yeah, what I say like a headache in in the fantasy world is I could see him taking away some goal line targets because of the size of him. You know what I mean? Um, True. Like, like a Jordan Howard situation where he does nothing in the game but gets thir- you know, 13 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Because he poached him off Boston Scott. All right. All right, FGT Nation, that is our top 12. That is it. I'm going to do a quick recap. I'm going to go 12 and up. So number 12, we got Noah Fant. Number 11. Hunter Henry. Number 10, we got Pat Fryermuth. The Muth is loose. The Muth is loose. Number 9. Dallas Cowboy Goddard. Number eight, we got Zach. Make it hurt so good. We got TJ Hawkinson coming in at number seven. We got Dalton the Foot Doctor Schultz at number six. The Foot Doctor, Jesus Christ. (laughs) We got George Skittle Kittle coming in at number five. We got Darren Don't Worry About Me Waller coming in at number four. Waller. Shot caller. We got Kyle Armpits coming in at number three. Keeping it nice, keeping it right, keeping it Gillette Old Spice. We got Travis Kelsey coming in at number two. My man grew his beard back. We expecting big things. And then our number one, my man that I thought was in his 30s, but he surprised me because he just looks like he's in his 30s. A damn accountant, <laughs> Mark Andrews from Baltimore. That is our top 12 FGT Nation. Let us know if you agree, disagree, think we're stupid, think we're you know, funny, dumb. Let us know. Roast us in the comments. Agree with us in the comments. Let us know. We value your feedback. Roast us and toast us. Let's go. You know what that leaves us with? What? We got we got quarterbacks, and that's it. Oh, damn. We got quarterbacks coming up next. We're going to do the top 14 quarterbacks. Typically, we would do the top 12, but we're going to go 14 just for a little bit of depth. Um, after quarterbacks, we'll see where it goes. I was thinking about doing team by team. I was thinking doing left guards. Left guards? Yeah. That's that's not bad. You know, fucking, we could talk about strange, and I could go fucking off about how horrible <laughs> that was in the first round by the fucking New England Patriots and how it made zero sense when you have bigger gaps to fill and you could have got strange in the second round purely based on the fact that another guard did not go off the board until after you picked again in the second round. All right, I'm done. How do you really feel? I don't. (laughs) All right, FGT Nation. That's it. We're going to turn out the lights. We're going to keep it right. We're going to keep it tight. Good night, FGT Nation. We love you. Sterilize so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.
Day. My 